Hello everyone and welcome to this week's special edition of the Fins Up Podcast. I'm your host Southo Dan and rather than go ahead and bore you all with my sexy snotty voice as I did last week, I've gone out because we all know Terry's away so I've gone out and got a, a, well, a guest host, a special guest host. Some of you may know him on Twitter, some of you may not, that is your loss, trust me. His name is Paul, he's joining me now mate, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm gonna see if I can do a bit better than Terry, and that should be uh, that should be pretty easy. Not difficult, mate. Took the words right out of my mouth. I just wanna just wanna give out a shout out to Vossy who messaged me a couple minutes ago and said his fins up on tonight. And uh, the answer is yes, Vossy. Fins up is on tonight. But let's uh, enough small talk, mate. We could go on all night. Shark sixteen, bulldog zero. Were you there the other night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went down there. I took the uh, young fella down. Yeah. Was his first game at Cronulla. Well, how'd you make? Melbourne supporter, so I'm trying to convert him. He had a, he had a good conversation with Toby after the game. I reckon they got him half over the line. So to start the amazing Toby Rudolph, mate. What do you what do you make of the uh, the night? Now I wasn't there full disclosure because I was a little bit unwell. But uh, the atmosphere came across, started well, then got a little bit frustrated. Perhaps I think is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say you probably hit the nail on the head. So where we were standing, it was a, it was a, a large amount of intoxication. So that adds to the uh, that adds to the frustration, I guess. But um, for the most part, I think everyone was just frustrated with the fact that we were expected to pile on points and we just didn't. But uh, the night itself was good. Like the setup for for feeder and Tolman was great. Um, as everybody knows, Gaz does a perfect job down there. So yeah, it, it was good. It was good. Apart from our speaker system we've got, it was good. Well, Gaz certainly does do a good job. Although I do have to call him out for a small yet substantial error he made during the week when he said Kyle Eero was the fourth debutante this year when he is, in fact, the fifth debutante. Shame on you, Gaz. Terrible, terrible stuff. <laughs> nah, he's he... Absolute, absolute genius of a bloke. Mate, in terms of standout players, look, Nico Hines wasn't the best player on the field for the first time in probably six or seven weeks. Who was your three, two, one, and why? So, you're, just on that, you're right. It was, it was one of the things that I actually continued with, though, that Nico wasn't the best player in the field. It shows that we don't need him to be the best player every single week for us to, to get the job done. But um, I thought, honestly, the best player in the field, I thought it was Matt Moyle. He, um, the way he was shifting from each side, so that first try actually came off the back of him shifting across onto Nico's side of the field and lovely brought it to Ronaldo. So Morgan's, but he's proven me wrong this year and he's proven a lot of people wrong this year. And I thought that was another another good knock by him. So I'd give him a third week. Um, it's hard to go past Ronnie. He'd he done real well. Uh, he's had a drought for a couple of weeks. I think it's been two weeks he hasn't scored, but uh, he coincided his, his tries coincide with the fact that he flipped to the other side of the field. I don't know how many people picked up on that, but he, he did flip sides of, of the field with uh, Aero playing on the other side. So, as everybody knows, that side of the field is, is pretty deadly in our attack. And I would probably say... Mm, maybe, maybe Braley. I mean, defensively, 49 tackles, one missed tackle. He um, his service is good. He 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 rarely, he rarely he rarely has a bad game this year. Mate, that was 
pretty rocks and diamonds in the past. There is a half of the podcast, and not the one you're speaking to now, whose head will spin and flip when he hears the positive talk about yeah. young Brailey. Yeah. Tell me the only reason I'm talking about Brails is because of his appearance. That's half the reason. But the other half is he's a good footballer. He's, he's a great footballer. I want to I want to press back to what you said before about the change of side for Ronaldo. Thought that was brilliant coaching for Safitz. You know, put Kyle Aero in a couple of games before the finals, his first Sunday Royal appearance, and he's marking Josh Adokar. So Safitz says, you know what, switcheroo, Ronaldo baths Adokar. Eniro has, as you know, a decent game. Let's well, your three, two, one is spot on. That's who I had. I think I might have had a forward. A, maybe Cam McInnes is at one point. I can't remember. I've done so many of these chats between now and then. Going back to Eero though, what'd you make of his uh, his debut as a whole? I know it started a bit rough, but by the end, I was one over. So I was actually talking about this today with my brother. Um, it was a tough debut because. While he had a couple of handling errors, a um, couple of opportunities that he missed, he he was on the back end of a, of a back line that wasn't really flowing like it, it usually would. So some of those passes that he got that he probably should have took and he probably should have converted the tries, on other nights they'll be a lot more swift and they'll be a, a lot more slick than what they were for him. So... I mean, I think it was five handling errors, but he still he still ran for 184 metres. He had 12 tackle breaks, which is huge on debut. So, I mean, it's he'll be better for the run. Absolutely he will. Mate, I agree with you. The way he started was a little bit less than stellar. But the bloke ran like a Mack truck. I said on Outlaws, and I repeat here again, a little bit of Val Holmes in him in intensity, appearance, and the way he runs... Yeah, the 12, 12 tackle breaks is, is insane. Those are Tamalolo numbers, not a bloke on debut. No, so, exactly right. And I think what people forget is um, potentially our most consistent back this year has been Ronaldo. Now, let's remember what his debut was like that night in Brisbane. That was, uh, that was one of the stinkers of all stinkers. So, and look where he is now. That's a very good point. To the point that I thought that was loomy loomy in my memory. I changed it in my head. <laughs> and yeah, it, does, it doesn't seem like a Ronaldo type of game, does it? It doesn't. Not at all. But um, look, overall, I don't think it was that great a performance. But I, if I'm nothing, if I'm if not positive, anyone who's heard me speak before know that's a lie. But this week, I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> The Sharks, okay, look, let's let's get the negative out of the way. 64% completion, 18 errors, disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Now let's talk some positives. Six line breaks, we, you know, not bad. That's a good night out. Didn't concede a line break. Missed 18 tackles. I think there were 19 ineffective, but those are the ones that I, I get annoyed with because the bloke runs up, puts a big hit on, knocks the guy silly. He gets up and he's tackled by someone else. That counts as an ineffective tackle. It's, it's a false stat. What I was really happy with... Now, look, six penalties is a pretty average day out. If you get in six or seven, that's fine. Zero ruck infringements and zero inside 10 six agains. With zero missed tackles and no points conceded, I'm taking that every single week. No one's going to beat you if you get those stats. No, no, I, I, I agree. And just on the, uh, just on the, 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 handling, uh, the handling errors, we had the 18 handling errors... The flip side to that is we only had 18 missed tackles, 
which was actually the, the, the lowest number of missed tackles for the weekend, the whole weekend around the football. And we now have, I believe, the number one goal line defence in the NRL for this season. So while we were making those errors, and, and it is due to the style of play, we, 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 we throw everything around everywhere, we're shifting from side to side. We are able to back our errors with our defence, and our defence is something that I'd say for the past three years we haven't been able to back anything with. So there's a huge improvement there. So completing on the weekend it was 64%. If we were to get our completion rate up to say, let's say 75%, pushing toward the 80, 80% mark, we can blow any team off the park in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And 75% might not sound like much, but I've done a little bit of research. If you look back in 2018 when the Roosters won the Premiership, their average completion rate for the season was 74%. And as we know, they blitzed that year. Mm. So if we can get our completions up at least 10 more percent on what we're averaging or what we're thereabouts at the minute, there's no reason why we can't go all the way and blow those teams off the park. Fantastic research, mate. I'm not, I'm not used to... To someone bringing <laughs> such research, now Terry, Terry's great at that. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Straight up, sixty-four percent. You're not going to win many games against good sides unless you can defend. I felt honestly that if the game was still going now, we're still nilling them. They had nothing, and that's not to say they didn't try. That Burton bomb was ridiculous. They got Addo Carr. You know, Flanagan looked like he was going to score. You know, which would have been embarrassing. Once or twice, you know, Eero had a one-on-one that he saved. You know, put the bloke into touch and everyone ran and, you know, that was his highlight. So, I, I mate, in, in terms of positives, they were never scoring. Not not once did I ever think, ah, oh, shit, here we go. And as soon, when they did score that try that was disallowed, my brother and I looked straight away and said, that was too easy. There's no way that's legal. And they called it back. Took them one look is all it took. It was an obvious error. We were sh- sliding. Would have shut that down. No pressure. Exactly, and, and the thing is, once upon a time, it, it, it used to be a big deal to hold a team to nil, and I think it's been understated now how big a deal it really is. Regardless of whether that's the Bulldogs or the Titans or even if it's the Panthers, if you hold a team to nil, that, that's a big achievement no matter what. And I think we need to really, we really need to get behind that and, and embrace the fact that we were able to hold that team to nil. Because they had some quality ball on our trial line, and they've got quality players. <laughs> They do, mate. It's a stamp. Now that should be two weeks in a row we've held a team to nil, if not for an intercept. Going back to the West Tigers game that we stood on the hill and had lots and lots of fun at the Tigers' expense. At that's another game where a late intercept. So we should be sitting here now, you know. Okay, and I think we held Newcastle to nil, which you know it's nothing to write home about. Hopefully, it's something we repeat this week. But if you hold a team to nil, you cannot lose a game. That is. Premierships are built on defence. You think all the best teams. Our 2016 side, okay, look, Ben Barber lit the competition on fire and James Maloney was insane. We scored some great tries. But there were games that we were winning 10-8. And, you know, 24-22, we were defending late and holding on. That That's the, you know, that that's the sign of a good side. Okay, we scored 16 points. Two brilliant tries and a, and a well-constructed try. Any other night, though, those come off and we win by 40. And, and, and I go back to the, the RO errors. So, realistically, a little bit of a slipper pass on maybe two of those plays, that's another two tries. And, and it was, there was inches in that. So, it, 
all of a sudden then you're looking at 22, 24 to nil, and it's a different story. People aren't saying, oh, the Sharks were sloppy, the Sharks weren't good this week. So it's, um, yeah, I think people are reading into it more than what they need to. But absolutely agreed. Nothing but positives for me. Okay, yeah, it was a little bit dire, but so what? <clears throat> you were there, I wasn't. 68th minute, Andy Fafita. What was it like? Yeah, it was loud. It was loud. I, 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 I can't imagine how it made Andrew feel because it, it got me. It got me going. It was loud. It was good. My, my son actually turned to me and said, "I'm not. I'm not used to it being this loud." Because the only games he's been to was at Penrith Stadium, and I said, "Yeah, well, they're, they're pretty rowdy. <laughs> Definitely rowdy." But no, it was good. It was really good, and it, it went for the whole minute. It carried the whole minute, and um, I don't think there was a person that wasn't standing up. It was good. Okay. The Bulldog supporters included that is too. Oh, that's fantastic, mate. I, I had some Bulldog mates there, um, and they, they said they stood for the applause too. Overall, a very, very good night. Aiden Tolman, I don't know if I mentioned last week, is, is uh, called Stumps, end of the year. Mate, any quick thoughts on Tolman before we move forward? Look, what is it? Something like 314 games? or 300, No, it's more than that, isn't it? 316 games or something of NRL. You don't do that in the middle unless you are a high-quality athlete, a high-quality football player. That, that's 315, 16, whatever games in the middle playing probably, if not the hardest position. So right, hats off to him. And well, I thought Tom was done. You and I have had discussions saying that we thought he probably shouldn't be in the makeup of the team. And then he goes out in a game like that and comes off the bench with 39 tackles, no miss, does his job. I mean... He's a, he's a real horse, and, and I'm, I'm glad that we've had him for a couple of years. It's been good to see him go out there and be able to finish his career playing finals now rather than what was happening at his previous club. So, Spot on, mate. Couldn't agree more. He's done a job. We brought him to do a job, and he's done it with professionalism. He's seen the writing on the wall, mate. I want him around the club. We spent probably 40 minutes chatting to him at the, the preseason fan day. Such a nice guy. You know, you didn't feel like you were taking up his time. To, to the credit of the boys, no one did, but Tolman sort of went above and beyond, and I'll, I'll certainly never forget that. What the game did do, mate, is it set us, uh, it put our destiny in our hands, thanks to the Bunnies. Don't like speaking positive about other teams here, but um, special shout-out to anyone listening who is a Bunnies fan. Don't know why they would be, but just in case. They did the job, and now it's in our own hands, mate. We win this weekend, we finish second, and we get a home final at a place where we've lost one game all year, and that was to the Red Hot Roosters on a night where we failed to turn up. So I'm not looking too sincerely into that. This weekend, everything's on the line. We play a Newcastle side where I can't name half the players. There was like a Brenton Biddy or something on the bench that I had a good laugh at before. The centre's name I cannot spell, and that's not a shot at him. That's just I don't know him well enough to, to know the spelling of his name. Cronulla have named a full-strength side available. That's not to say it's full strength side. We've got a lot of players who aren't available through injury. So Fitz has put the, you know, it out there to say we need to win this, we need to win well. Dalfinukin has been named on an extended bench. I don't expect him to play. You wouldn't risk it. No way. Looks like we're going for the throat, mate. Newcastle got nothing. We've got it all to play for. Everything in years gone by says Cronulla loses this game. This year feels different. Tell me why we win and by how much. Well, look, firstly, looking at that team selection, I think 
Fitzroy have a good look at what happens between Penrith and Cowboys. Cowboys should win. Mm-hmm. Penrith have named their New South Wales Cup team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he looks at that and hypothetically, let's say Penrith get the win and Cowboys cast to a second. I, I think obviously Dale stays a nice and I think he might see a couple others drop out. But um, we named a strong team though. Uh, it, that could be the case but I said or Fitzy could be looking to put the foot on the throat because the team that we've named is strong um, I like that we've brought Ikevalu back in he, he's a, he's a tri-scorer and he's he's an absolute meter eater so I like the inclusion of Ikevalu one thing I would like to see though is I would like to see bigger minutes this week out of the the hunt you rally rotation I want to see the big boys just kind of Really ripping, but ripping for some long minutes now because we keep getting a nice little taste of what these two can do, but it's in small snippets, and I really want to see them just tear a team apart. And I think Newcastle will there be torn apart. I agree 100%. My counterpoint, playing devil's advocate, is if there's one place where Newcastle are well competent but strong, is their front row in the Safidis and Clemmer. I would love to see our big starting props take it to them and match them minute for minute. I think if they can get over that, then to be honest, there's not many better starting prop rotations than those three for Newcastle. If you if what you say comes to pass and they play minute for minute against those two starting, <laughs> mate, we're in Disneyland. Exactly. I think that 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 battle there can set our middles up for the final series. It'll it'll have them ready and raring to go for that final series. Because you're right, Newcastle, but they they are a bunch of bludgers the whole time. But they do have a strong front row rotation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a good test for our two big boys. It is. Everyone's been talking all, you know, in the last month, oh, Cronulla have a soft lead in, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. You beat who's in front of you. We beat the good teams early, which set us up to beat the snot out of these lesser teams. You don't need to be battle-hardened. Half that side, you know, you tell me Dale Finucane's not going to go in battle-hardened to a final series. You tell me Tolman's not going to. Nico Hines, who played, you know, the finals last year. Like, fucking spare me. But in terms of opposition, this is a forward pack that looks a lot like, at least in the middle, a top eight forward pack. I would argue top four. It's the rest of the side that sucks. Yeah, 100%. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and that's why I definitely, that was one of the main things that I, that I want to see out of this game is our, our middles get those minutes up and, and really go out there and just rip it. Absolutely no reason they shouldn't. Now, Nico Hines... For my account, his favourite for the Dallium. There's no betting on it anymore, thanks to our your mate, Buzz Rothfield. I, th- I Having three points clear a hunt, I thought it was four. I said on Outlaws, I take it back. I think it's three. Do you... Say, say the Cowboys win. They, I mean, the Cowboys lose, which they won't. Do you put Nico Hines on to win a Dallium point and, 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 so, and, and take the medal? Or do you put him on ice and play him for the finals? I reckon Nico can go out there and do 30 minutes of the best and uh, get himself two to three points in that time and then come off the field. It could be enough. A couple of years ago, we beat Newcastle up there, Matt Moylan, six tries. Now, last week we made the joke, Kyle Eros, his um, Wikipedia page is updated to say he scored five tries on debut. Now, <laughs> I've seen that. Now, I've seen that. It was five errors, so they were close. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But if all goes to plan, mate, those six tries, they're in trouble. Yeah, see, and, and it, it does sound like a little bit of a joke, but realistically, there's, there's no reason why Nico can't tear them apart for 40 minutes and put him on ice 
and in that 30 minutes, be the best player in the field and, and get his points. Like, he, he's one player that can actually do that. We've seen him do that this year on three or four different occasions. That's fair. I want to float a hypothetical. 24 new, <coughs> excuse us, sorry, 24 new up at half time. Nico Hines doesn't see a single minute of the second half. You name Trindle on your bench, put him out there. Metcalf's on an extended bench. If Moylan's anywhere other than 110%, I'm not playing him. I'm putting Trindle on and putting Metcalf on the bench. No risks. To be totally honest, the Newtown Jets should beat this Newcastle side. That's no respect to Newcastle, but it also is because they fucking suck. If they come out and beat us, albeit on Old Boat's Day or Old Boy's Day, whatever they call it, doesn't matter. That side is not first-grade material. They don't worry me at all. Cronulla cannot think like that, though. They need to go out there like they're playing peak South Sydney or the Sydney Roosters and snot them. Yeah, it would, it would be nice to... For years, we've seen teams like the Roosters and Melbourne and the likes see the blood in the water and really go for the kill. We've now got the squad that can do it, and it'd be nice to see us just go in there and really take a nice kill heading into the finals. Certainly would. Would you take 40 to 20 or 20 nil? I'm taking 20 nil. I, I love the nil. I'm taking 20 nil every time. We we dropped that in the chat earlier and it was 50-50 split. Some people want the points. I want to concede zero points, mate. I love it. So what's your tip? Cronulla by how many? Oh, uh, look. I'll play, I'll play it safe and say by 18. And that's me playing it safe. So that's telling you where I think it could end up. So where it should. 18. That's where it should end up, mate. I agree. I'll uh, I'll say Cronulla by 14. I think we take the foot off the pedal in a big way in the second half. Maybe can see a late try or two. It won't matter in the grand scheme, but anything less than a comfortable Cronulla win is just beyond comprehension. Now, let's talk a little bit of news, mate. So, look, there's no doubt the Penrith Panthers have set the, the standard for the last few years. They've been the best team. No one can argue with that. You know, the Roosters have been good. Melbourne have been good. Cronulla have been good, but no one's matched what the Panthers have done. Next year, Viliami Kikau, pissing off. Api Korosau, pissing off. Chasing big money at bum clubs. Meanwhile, we have five players off contract. Ronaldo Mulatalo has come out and all but confirmed he's signing a two-year deal on what is considered unders. That is probably the greatest thing I've ever heard, that a young player who could go get big money at these clubs that are struggling to find wingers saying, you know what, we all want to stay and win a premiership. We all want memories. We know the money's out there. We'll chase that later. It's about memories. Tell me your thoughts. Is Ronaldo the linchpin to re-signing the other four? Just not Ronaldo. It can't just be me that every single time I hear this guy on TV or on the radio or anywhere, he becomes more and more impressive each time he opens his mouth. The, the way he, he speaks, he speaks beyond his years for starters, but the way he speaks about the club, you wouldn't have to be a fan to want to buy into the club after just listening to the way he speaks about it. it it's ridiculous. Um, as far as I'm aware, it is the two-year deal that he's, that he's signed, and that'll take him through, I think, 2025. Mm-hmm. Yep, two-year Um If that's the case, we're, we're a lucky club for having him because... He's an out-and-out superstar. I think he's top three winger in the game. And just off the field, what he brings to our club, he's just a, he's a superstar bloke too. So um, as far as I'm aware, reading a little bit in the Ronaldo interview, it sounds like Jesse is 
pretty committed to staying around at the club. So I think we spoke not that long ago and, and we, you, myself and Terry agreed those two should be the first two cabs off the rank that we need to lock up and it looks like we're going to and I think that's fantastic because for all the slap that Ramian cops, well, he's a good footballer. Well, he's a good footballer. Great footballer. There's very few people like him, and I'm glad you, you talked about Ronaldo off field, mate. Even fans of other clubs are saying, you know, this kid, this kid just gets it. You know, he's from humble beginnings. He's grown up. You know, he's the first bloke in to rub your head in when you drop the ball with an opposition. But he's the first bloke to pick you up if you're injured. So, the guy, the guy is everything the club's about. To hear a guy come out who could very well say, look, I'm going to leave it with my management. The Dolphins are there. They could probably offer him. I would argue 600k for a big winger these days, even more if he's willing to move into the centres. And he's like, no, nah, I want to win a premiership on the on the wing for Cronulla. He's not out there saying, I need to play fullback. You know, you got Adam Dewey, who doesn't have the standing of Ronaldo or the talent, in my opinion. And I'm a big fan of Scotty. I'm, I'm well, you know, that's no secret to anyone. Coming out and saying, if you don't play me in the halves, put me in reserve grade. And Ronaldo's coming out and saying, I'll take under someone to win a premiership. With this club, I mean that—that's unheard of in this day and age. Rami, hundred percent next cab off, without giving away any information. More, what I'm hearing is he's not even looking at other clubs. He was burnt by Newcastle. They absolutely screwed a young bloke who just missed his daughter and wanted a schnitzel feed, and they made a thing of it. So he's a Cronulla shark for life. Uh, Sivitalikai won't be far behind. The two that will hopefully resign, but are uh, a little bit later are Will Kennedy, and we found. A player that I want to speak about now, Michael Miller, mate, who is fast becoming one of my favourites. Oh, yeah. Well, there needs to be a spot in the 17 for Lockie, doesn't there? He's, um, he's infectious to watch. He, the way he bounces in and out of tackles, it's just... Um, it's, it's got to a point now where the argument was once had that there has to be a spot in the 17 for, for the CT. And... The argument can still be there for Connor, but the argument now is stronger, I believe, for Lockie Miller. And that's not a knock on, on Connor Tracy, it's just Lockie Miller, he's, this, this guy's a genuine freak. His turn of pace, it, it's, it's insane. He's, his tackle breaking ability, I, I'm all in on Lockie Miller. I'd love to see him uh, cement a, a full time 17 spot. Fair call, there's a reason the Bulldogs are chasing him. I don't think they're the only clubs as quietly. My brother says he has scatterbrain in that. He's running the ball and he can see a line. He just pushes people out of the way because he sees, he sees the hole. He, he hits it. He's like Tedesco. Now, I'm not saying he's the same player as Tedesco. Like, Lord, you know, let's hope he becomes half the player of Teddy. But the bloke is just like nothing else we have. As much as I love Connor Trace, you know what you're going to get. With Lockie Miller, you never know what you're going to get. And, and this is a bloke who, you know, has yet to hit five first-grade NRL games. So I, he did look a little bit susceptible under the bomb the other night, but the wind was swirling. Here, so I can only imagine what it was like down Shark Park. Oh, and look, to be fair, um, there's there's not a single player in the NRL that wants to get under those bird bombs. <laughs> he, he's got one thing in his bag of tricks, and that's a good bomb. And no one wants to get underneath that thing. Very true. Lockie Miller, big fan. Uh, now, let's go to the Jets. I've waited 27 minutes, 34 seconds to, to talk about him, mate. Those that don't know, the mighty Newtown Jets, who were, of course, part of the club, I decreed this years ago, and I stand by that. We'll fight anyone who says otherwise. Wrapped up the minor premiership via my personal favourite player, Moini Harati, uh, kicking a penalty goal after the siren. 
in a game that can be described as up and down, I think, for the 300 people that joined me on the stream on Saturday afternoon. The Newtown side, just to get a scope of this, was genuinely Newtown. There was no... Eero was pulled out late. Metcalf was pulled out late. Calhoun did start, but you're missing um, Miller, Metcalf, Trindle, Dykes. There were wingers out. There was, you know, Stone Street played flag because we unfortunately didn't make the finals, but he was our best shot at that. This was a genuine Newtown side that took a team that had Pangai Jr., you know, Joseph Tarpany, uh, Tarpany, whatever his name is, not the good one. This was a genuine Newtown side, got the job done after the siren. You can never, ever, ever write this team off. Look, uh, I, I have not followed Newtown as strongly as you have, obviously, but I do keep up to date with their, their highlights and their scores and whatnot. Um, it's, it's exciting for the club because, like you said, we were, we were missing a large chunk of that team. And we were still able to go out there and, and secure the minor premiership against what was a strong Bulldogs team. So that tells you how strong the club is from the bottom to the top. It's This is a position that I don't feel like we've spent too much time in and, and it's nice to be in it. So... Yeah, it, it, it's definitely good to know that we're, we're, we're fighting fit in most grades. Like, that's it. Now, look, the flag did bow out. They finished sixth. It's top five, or it might have been seventh, but they just missed out. It was less than a, a game. It was points differential, I do believe. Um, our problem was we were relying on the Tigers, which is never a good idea at any level. Uh, Newtown won the minor premiership. They did have a draw this weekend, um, but was was as good as a win. Uh, as the aforementioned, Mawini Harati. Got my tattoo booked for next week. He's going right on my heart. What a man. Never said a bad thing about him. Newtown legend. Billy Magulius was playing six, which shows you where we're at. He's about a fourth or fifth string six. He stole the ball from Tavita Pangai Jr., which set up the play to set us to win. So the magic man, Billy Magulius, does it again. The Glebe Dirty Rats, which are the feeder club to the Newtown Jets, are in the Ron Massey, I believe it is, grand final this weekend. Can't remember. I don't know. Don't hold me to that. But they're in their grand final. So all the way down, you know, I'm claiming the Dirty Rats when they play well, there's success and there's players coming through. We see Sam Stone Street. I mean, I, I was on the Eero bandwagon and I was on the Heinz bandwagon. Terry is the Sam Stone Street bandwagon. This kid's a freak and he's so quick. He's a player we could see, we'll definitely see for Newtown next year. You're right. I can't remember the club ever being... Even when Newtown won a couple of years ago and we made the prelim, you felt like we got there in spite of ourselves, whereas this year you feel this is it. This this club is what it could have been. Yeah, no, we, we, we're definitely... It's refreshing the position that we're in as a club and seeing where we're heading, you know that we're, we're heading there in the, right, in the right way, in the right direction, and we've got a very, very bright future. So it's, it's exciting. And then to add on top of that, you've got the addition of the women coming in next year. So it's things are only going up. All firing, mate. Now, of course, I've turned the NRLW season this year into my own recruiting spree. I'll reveal a team that I want to sign uh, in a couple of weeks' time. It, no salary cap, and I have no idea what excuse us, the contracts are or whether we're talking to anyone. It's just a pure fantasy thing. But that's another thing that I, I didn't even have here, which is very, very exciting, mate. Something I want to bring up, just quickly, Mal Meninga's been on uh, quoted as saying that he's going to take a utility to the World Cup. 
Now, let's Ben Hunt's a nine or a seven, so he's not considered a utility. And Meninga's narrowed it down to either the Dahlia Malak, Nico Hines, or Kalen Ponga. Who would you take? I, I, I've seen this stat and I don't understand why it's a debate. We've got one bloke who's playing lights out football and another bloke who's playing games in bathroom cubicles. I, and, and, I mean, respectfully, each their own, do as you like. Um, but it's a no-brainer, isn't it? And that's not me being biased. It's a no-brainer. Nico has to be there. I thought Nico was very hard done by not to play Origin this year. He can't miss the, the World Cup. He, he deserves to be in that squad. He does. Whether he plays or not, does it's, it's irrelevant. He's in the best 30 players in the NRL right now. He's going to be named, I think, again, with a little bit of bias, the player of the year, the Dalian medalist. I mean, this is a bloke who started fullback for the you know, the Storm. He started halfback for us. He's played in the front row when requested, when needed, called upon. He's played in the centres, and he was named on the wing once for Melbourne. Or he's got Callum Ponga, who's played about four games this year and played too well. How this is even a debate is well beyond me. That's me, I'm an for you. Spot on, mate. Premiership, Premiership, World Cup winners, medal. It's going to be a good year for Nico. Not, I'm not, you know, I, mate, you know me. I don't like to say I told you so, but when it comes to Nico Hines, it's getting a lot more difficult to bite my tongue as every week goes by. Yeah, I'm becoming uh, earthly smug on Twitter, I must say. <laughs> Isn't it fun, mate? As if we need a fucking cherry on. Speaking of smugness, mate, I um I hear you in the winner's circle in, well, not the comp that mattered, but you finally got a win in the, uh, the draft. Congrats, mate. It's better than the one that Terry hangs his hat on where he won the minor premiership. Like, which, for those that don't play super coach, the top eight play each other and the bottom play, bottom eight play each other. He was in the bottom eight and fluked a win because no one else was playing or cared or even knew it was on. So, Terry, if you're listening, mate, hope you're enjoying your holiday. That was a bum win. Huge asterisk. Doesn't count. Mate, there was an email went out just quickly uh, before we wrap up. <laughs> That Vossi didn't get, which makes it even more hilarious. Uh, Terry wouldn't have got either, but I got as a member of the club, saying that uh, we, you know, we've been guaranteed a home final if if we deserve. It's not done yet; should be done, but it's not. The ticket members will get first shot at tickets, but they can't guarantee you'll get 
or you won't get your spot because the NRL takes over. Um, saw a little bit of negativity in the Facebook groups, which is, you know, a little bit of a shock. Who would have thought Facebook would be negative? But the NRL control the finals. The fact they've given us a home ground despite the absolute abomination that is Shark Park right now, we should be on our hands and knees kissing their feet. It doesn't matter where you sit, just get your fucking tickets and enjoy. Yeah, so I, I actually read the email this morning, and um, the first thing I thought is, it, it, it doesn't matter if you can't have the same spot or the same seats. The moment those tickets go on sale, I know I'll be throwing my toes in because <laughs> they're a must. They're a must. With swindled the NRL into actually allowing us to to put eleven thousand to our stadium, where we could probably get thirty into a different one. Let's take full advantage of it and get our tickets. I reckon. Like spot on agreed. Now with with home ground advantage. Without going on a rant, because I, I put this in a very smug zero tackle point, make sure you log on zero tackle.com, home of rugby league outlaws. That's a good little plug there. I'm getting getting like Terry, mate. I did say that the NRL, you know, commercially could move us, but we've earned a home final, you know, if we finish second, hopefully, you know, we're speaking like it's done, it's not yet. I just want to put that out in the universe before I wear it next week. We've earned the home grand, grand final, uh, final. After round one, Anyone under 20,000 loses it. So Arsene Penrith, all that lose it. You'll play at the football stadium. Absolutely fine. But we've played so well all year, losing one game at home. We've earned that. Whether it's in front of 15 people, 15,000 or 150,000, Shark Park is our home and we deserve it. I saw someone say, oh, well, can't we just go to Cogra and let more fans in? Get fucked. No. Look, we spent two years in that shithole. And I, and I say shithole being, being polite. It is, it is a dump. And we spent two years there and, yeah, look, we might only squeeze 11,000 in, but you know yourself being there this year, that 11,000 will be some of the loudest, rowdiest fans that you'll get at any game. And I, I tell you, there's no there's no team, probably with the exception of Penrith, because they, they don't seem to be fearful of anything. There's no team that is going to want to go to Sharp Park mm. or Points Coast Stadium, first league of finals, and have to play in front of that 11,000, because they know... Oh, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, if it is the Cowboys as expected, there won't be more than three or four hundred of those. Yeah. And that's and again, that's being nice. Um, I actually had something that I was going to bring up with you that I heard today, uh, which came a little bit left field. Um, but I'm not sure how, how true it is. But if, if it's the case, I think it's huge. So I was listening to another, another podcast today and... Um, the rugby league guru went on to speak about a small rumour playing in the background that Sione Katoa may return early for the finals. Well, well guru knows his stuff, mate, as you yeah, can so see I'm him like sure he's heard this, but as soon as I heard that come out of his mouth, my ears pop, pop, popped up straight away because if that was the case, that is huge. It certainly is huge. You want your full strength. We do have the players to cover if not. I would prefer him to be there than not because he's our, oh, yeah. our second just, choice. I wrote that down in capitals on my notes because I, I, I couldn't believe it. But if that is the case, that's huge. It's funny you mention that because my final point, Tobias Rudolph, big fan of the show and uh, the show are big fans of him. There's a rumour he might be back early too as, as early as week one of the finals. I mean, if we're running out full strength with the greatest respect to the players who are doing a fantastic job. You want your full-strength side. I'm feeling mighty confident. 
Given, given we've got just over five minutes left, what's your ideal bench? Everyone's available. Who are you picking? So I'm, I'm a huge Jesse Colwin fan, so I would like to see him there, but I think he'll have to buy his time to next year. So my ideal bench would be McInnes, Hunt, McInnes, Hunt, Fafita, and Teague. Perfect. Love, can't argue with that. T. Warden needs to be there. Yeah, he is he in spectacular form. And I love the when he comes on and Wade Graham goes to the middle. It just been calling for it for years and it, it makes me tingle in my downstairs. I think that's a perfect, perfect... Like, someone's going to miss out who doesn't deserve to miss out. That's a good thing to say coming into finals because the last couple of years as we've... I mean, I know we went and played Manly and they were only half strength, but we were trying to pull a side together as well. So... This year it's more, look, those players that don't can go play for Newtown because I forgot to mention before, they play their next game will be a prelim final in effect. So they have this week off and they'll play the winner of second and third. I won't go completely into it and make your eyes cross for a shot at the grand final. That'll be at Congress Stadium, uh, you know, Wednesday or whatever the fuck they call it this week. Uh, I believe it's mid-afternoon next Saturday. I'll post, everything will be on Twitter. It'll be all sweet. We'll be there. Cannot wait. Terry's got to get his one game in before the grand final so he can claim it like he did last time. Uh, and Jimmy and Rich too with their brand new sparkling jerseys. They haven't seen the light of day for many years. But um, we'll be there. Now, if we do lose that, we have to play a game to get back to the prelim for a grand final. So we have two shots at it, more or less. So Newtown have put themselves in a position. We've also put Penrith in a difficult position where Hartwood, three quarters of their New South Wales Cup side plays this weekend which means their New South Wales Cup side, which plays off to play us, in effect, are hugely under strength. So all, both grades are in very, very good stead. We're going to have full strength sides. Just for those that don't know the New South Wales Cup rules, we can't get a bye, be ready for the prelim, put Nico back to the Jets to win that game. You have to play a certain amount of games. I don't think Trindle qualifies. I know Miller, Dykes... Uh, all those boys do, Eero, so we'll be almost full strength. Mate, we'll be celebrating two premierships in a couple of weeks' time. We'll have to get you back on. We'll bring Terry on. This has just turned it into a big circle jerk, mate, and I love it. Yeah. No, no, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. So uh, I hope I've I I done just as good as Terry, if not better, but um, I'm sure he will have some critiques for me, but no, it was good. Mate, I'll put him in the bin where they belong. But uh, until next week, hail Matt Moylan. Hail.